Hey guys, Sean here. Thanks to everyone who tunes into the Play It Up podcast. We really love doing this podcast and really appreciate everyone who listens. You can find us on Facebook and Instagram by searching for Play It Up Podcast. You can find the full video podcast on YouTube and you can listen to us on Spotify, Apple and Google Podcasts, Anchor and more. If you want to ask us a question, you can do so on Anchor and your question will be featured on the podcast. If you like what we do, please remember to like, review, comment, follow or subscribe and please recommend us to your friends. Thanks guys and enjoy the episode. Okay, welcome to another episode of Play It Up Podcast. We've got another uh, Australian Kong Off edition happening tonight um, of your host, Neil Cairns. Um, and with me tonight, we have uh, co-host Dennis Edmonds. Dennis, how are you tonight? Hey, Neil. Good, thank you, sir. How are you? Yeah, good, mate. Uh, thanks for joining us again. Uh, this is your, you. your fourth podcast in, in one week. So yeah, <laughs> you've, you've been very handy to have along. So thanks for yeah. coming on. No, no sweat, mate. Thank you for having me. And uh, tonight we have our special guest, uh, Greg Pell. Greg, how are you going? Very good, thanks. Yeah. yeah. So you're Great um, to be asked to be part of it tonight. Cheers. Yeah, not a problem at all. So um, just before the chat, we were talking that you're, you're planning a bit of a holiday to New Zealand. Is that right? Yeah, planning. Hopefully it goes ahead. Um, it's meant, meant to be departing in just on two weeks. And uh, given the situation in Melbourne, it's all... A bit up in the air at the moment so fingers crossed uh we have a, a good week or so of no new cases and uh and things will open up and we'll be right to go because i'm planning on coming straight to conwell from uh from new zealand so <laughs> yeah hopefully plan. get some um barra tips on the way over if you're lucky <laughs> that's it yeah have a beer with him at the airport before uh before we fly over <laughs> <laughs> doesn't um, take long there's, a, there's, a, there's only one tip from barra isn't there yeah, don't what? don't die. Don't die. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, so the the first question we always ask um new new guests of the podcast is um where did your gaming experience start? Like um, you know, uh, when you were a childhood, like what kind of games were you into and uh yeah, what was your local arcade like? Yeah, um so yeah, my earliest gaming memories, I think my first system my parents got me was an Atari 2600, just a classic beta console. Um, played that a fair bit. And I, was, I do struggle to remember exactly how old I was when I got that. Um, I was probably, uh, given I was born in 82, yeah, it was probably like five or so, maybe six, maybe a little bit older, but around about that. And then um, <clears throat> my next console was an NES. Um, and yeah, sort of started to get pretty hooked on on the on the world of Nintendo in that in that era. It was like a, it was an awesome time to be sort of growing up with Nintendo, and um, we I think uh, you know being able to walk into department stores and just walk up to a counter with a TV sitting on the counter playing a you know one of the new release games. You could just stand there and play, and yeah. um, it was everywhere you went. It was crazy. Um, and for a fair, for what it felt like back then, a long period of time. Um, and was, we pretty, I was pretty lucky, actually, that I got quite a lot of games. I felt like I did back then. 
we had a, a friend who ran the toy department in Meyer in Melbourne in the city. <laughs> oh, uh, so I used to get my hands on lots of X demo cartridges. So I've got like, I remember one Christmas opened up a present for mum and it was just five cartridges just in their sleeves, but no boxes or books. <laughs> <laughs> so I'm like, oh, what the hell? Five games? <laughs> this is awesome. Yeah. <laughs> and, oh, that's um, fine. Yeah. Yeah. So I got lots of little funny anecdotes sort of tying into that. So one of my favorite to tell just quickly was um, I was, I used to go to a lot of sort of trash and treasure markets for my dad because he was a big record collector um, back, back in sort of the eighties and nineties. And um, I remember we went to a market one day and just randomly on this table was a brand new copy of Metroid um, NES and a brand new copy of Super Mario Brothers 2. But Sumo's Brothers 2 hadn't been released at that time in Australia. And I'm like, what the hell? This is crazy. And um, so I, I convinced Dad to buy it. And he's like, how, how is this here? But anyway, and this is before I knew anything about NTSC and PAL and region locking. I knew nothing about that stuff. So I yeah. get it home, stick six Super Mario Brothers 2 in my NES, and I'm just getting the red flashing light. And I'm like, what's Ugh. going on? <laughs> and uh and so what we did because we knew nothing about it right so we took it to our friend who worked at Myron city and the guys there there was obviously some young techno savvy guys that worked there at the time figured out that it was an ntsc copy. it was an american copy of super Mario too so it was never going to play in the console um but what they did they for because they had it there for a couple of days when they were testing it and they put it in the display and apparently got heaps of attention because people were saying, is this released? Is this released? Can we buy it? Can we buy it? <laughs> so yeah, it was pretty, pretty funny. But um, I can't remember exactly what happened, but I think dad ended up going back to the market the next week and the same guy was there. So he got his money back or something. <laughs> I kind of yeah. wish now he just would have kept it because it would have been quite a funny thing to... Have, yeah, uh, for sure. Yeah, it would have been cool to keep, Yeah. <laughs> But yeah, so yeah, look, I, I, yeah, so I grew up with the NES and, you know, um, and then probably where my love of video games expanded from there was probably my first introduction into arcades. And I probably started playing arcades, the like sort of the late 80s arcade games, sort of like the stuff that was released in 88, 89, 90. So Double Dragon was probably one of those first ones that I played played a lot of as a kid i've got this like clear memory of going to a school fate and just being this random arcade machine at a school fate and playing double dragon on that and then like my local milk bar had two like low boys in there and it, i think yeah. i remember at one point there was bubble bubble on one and snow brothers on the other oh cool my local video store had a bad dudes versus dragon ninja in it and another toy shop up the road had a kung kung fu in it you know <laughs> yeah that's yeah. Cool. So, and, that was, and, and funnily enough that's just like in the local suburb of warrandite which is you know out of suburbs <laughs> yeah. but yeah. arcades are just everywhere back then and um and any excuse i could find to play an arcade when we were out and about i always did so sort of fell in love with arcades that way and yeah, um yeah, yeah. One, one 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 other thing that sort of that um that I always remember was one day, kind of would have been probably around 89, came home from school and walked into the lounge room and there's this cocktail cabinet with double dragon on it in the, oh, in the lounge room. I'm like, what the hell is going on here? <laughs> and um 
my my um my old man used to um run like manage warehouses um for various you know distribution companies and stuff and um apparently they had one in the lunchroom at the at work and, and no one was playing it so what up until the guy was going to come back and collect it he's like oh i'll take it home and let my kids play it <laughs> so, <laughs> that's right so I, I was able to um you know just feed as many 20 cent coins through the hopper as i could and complete a double dragon when not many people at the time had probably completed it because it would have cost them way too much money <laughs> <laughs> that's yeah. awesome man you, you must be like one of the first kids to yeah. have that arcade machine at their house like <laughs> oh yeah i never knew anyone else growing up that had one yeah, yeah. <laughs> right. so, i think yeah so um you um you've got a quite an extensive collection or or have over the years um i know that um one prize piece that you have is the nintendo red tent um but how did the collection start and yeah where's it now so yeah when um i probably my first like for those, in the early 2000s um and probably around the time i first like sort of moved in with my wife before i got married um I was starting to feel like I wanted to get a, an arcade cab just to have at home. And back then I was just all about, let's just get a cab. I'll maim it up and you know, that'll, that'll be it. And um, I eventually did do that. I got a, an old Viper cabinet, um, I think, which were made in Melbourne originally back, back in the uh, early nineties. Um, and yeah, maimed it up and mucked around with that for quite a long time. And then like a lot of people who got into this hobby in the last 15 years, um, I saw the uh, uh, King of Kong documentary, well, mockumentary, I should say, and um, it was I started playing a bit of Donkey Kong on Mame, and and then through a few guys that I knew in the um, AA forums back then, when a few more people were on there as opposed to Facebook and whatnot, um, there was I got wind of some guys who had brought over a container from the US full of original US cabs and like after seeing them in that documentary and I also had some experiences going to the States in 1990 and playing a lot of US cabs and stuff but um I thought oh it would be good to get a DK machine and I ended up somehow becoming the project manager for bringing a container <laughs> over from the States in 2012 and I, I decided to take the reins of it because one, I had a lot of logistics connections and, and two, I wanted to make sure nothing went wrong and not trust it to somebody else. So I uh, organised just a 20-foot container to come over um, and I had a DK in there um, and then everyone else got other cabs and whatnot. Um, and then that kind of started the disease, got the DK <laughs> cab and then, um, yeah, a, few, a couple of years later got, got opportunities to bring more machines over from the US and yeah, it sort of exploded from there. <laughs> yeah, right. So um, do you get your machines, like do you have any of them at like Bartronica or, or places out and about um, or do you just like keep them at home? I did. I did have some at Bartronica, mm -hmm. um, but just sort of prior to COVID hitting, um, probably sort of yeah, saw an opportunity probably just to take them out of there in case, you know, things, sort of went a bit sideways and probably a good thing I did because yeah, like Bartronic ended up being shut for six months nearly, I think. So yeah. Um so yeah, I took I took I had a Miss Pac-Man in there in my um Nintendo versus Uni system cab, which is a grey upright 
Nintendo cab um, that just runs the versus games. I had versus Super Mario Brothers in that. Um, and yeah, I think I had a, there might've been a, one or two others in there. I can't remember now, but that, they were the main two that were in there at the time and brought them back home and sold a few um, over um, you know, last year. Like I've sold a few cabs to, that I've restored to um, the Palace Arcade over in Perth. Oh, nice. So a few of mine that I've restored. So I've restored a Galaxian, um, the Miss Pac-Man and an Asteroids Ooh. cab. Yeah, so they were three sort of classic cabs that flew the coop. Um, no longer have, but I needed the space as well because I've still got a few more out in the garage. Um, yeah, so yeah, that, they were the ones I had Bartronica. Originally, my sort of yeah, thing with Bartronica started where I got introduced to the owners and um, I mentioned I had an original DK cab, which made its appearance at the, uh, the second PAX in Australia, which was the first one at the convention centre. Um, and that was the only cab that I brought there at the time and that got a fair bit of attention. Then the owner convinced me to borrow it and, um, run it at Bartronica and it was there for a year. And funnily enough, um, I think I left, dropped it in there around October, November in 20, uh, I don't know now, actually it's going wild, 2018, 2017, uh, I might actually not know, it might even be earlier than that. It was a while ago. Um, and I got this message from um, from one of the guys who was one of the managers at Bartronica. I was over in New Zealand at Christmas time. And he's like, there's this guy who's been sitting on your donkey on the machine all day and hasn't got off. And I think he's just got something <laughs> called a full screen. He's going nuts. And he don't know what's going on. And I heard it. I heard it. And I was like, oh, what do you mean? Anyway, he, he mentioned his name. And I was like, Johnny Bond. And I was like, oh, I don't know who that is. I haven't heard of him. And um, and then I went on to the Kong forums and I saw this Johnny Bond saying, oh, I just got 800 and something K, but I'm not sure if it was an original board in the machine that I played on at Bartronica. And I, I piped in and said, it is because it's my cabinet. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's right. That's awesome. And, um, and uh, yeah, so I sort of verified that it's an original board and you, you, your, scores, uh, your scores are all good, mate. So <laughs> wow, That's awesome. Yeah, it's that really, was it. Was really good at Connor too, getting to actually meet Johnny properly because I never met him until then. So yeah, yeah. and the the fact that your cap was at PAX as well, Pelly, that um, it was probably the same cap that uh, we were talking to Tagster about yesterday. That Neil, that um, in our previous podcast, that Tagster said when he was at PAX that he won the uh, the competition on Donkey Kong. And he said that he got like hundred three thousand or something like that, and uh, and won the comp. For yeah, I did. I, I let him win that. I didn't. I didn't play. I didn't really play. <laughs> I thought I should let some other people have a go. <laughs> we, we won't tell. <laughs> <laughs> so um, we're um, going leading on to, to the actual Kong off. Uh, were you at the first Kong off, Pelly, or did you go to the second one? No, I didn't. Didn't make it up for the first one, and. Probably, uh, like, I was, it was one of those things, I, I can't even remember what I had going on at the time, but I didn't really know too many people were going up there. I know Tagster took the plunge and went up there, even though he didn't really know anyone. But, um, mm. like, I kind of knew people through, like, AA and stuff like that um, at the time. So I probably could have, but, yeah, I just didn't. But then, yeah, when the second one came around, regardless, I was keen to go because, you know, I heard 
how much fun everyone had in the first one and I was like shit I've got to get up there for that and plus I was really keen to get up and check out Netherworld because I hadn't like I think that had obviously just opened prior just prior to the first Kong off I think yeah um I can't remember the exact timings but yeah I don't think it had been open that long before that first Kong off was run and um yeah I was keen to get up and check out Netherworld so yeah, so um, tell tell us what you saw when you when you came up. Um, what was your what was your first experience like at um, Australian Kong off two? Yeah, so that was good. So obviously, um, it was a whole bunch of us staying at the same hotel. I think there's like three or four um like rooms we had, and a, quite a decent amount of the guys involved were sort of staying together. So that was had a pretty good atmosphere about it already, and like sort of met a ton of guys when we got to the hotel before it even like got to Kong off and putting faces to names that we'd spoken online a bit to heaps was really cool um so that was already setting a good vibe and yeah then just headed over to Netherworld and got on the beers and had a pretty big yeah. night that fr- night on the Friday night I think <laughs> yeah <laughs> sure. um but yeah it was cool like yeah catching up even like yeah with um yeah Jimmy and Ben and um, and Adam and David as well, you know, sort of all the guys doing all the work, getting everything set up and ready. Um, that was really cool to see on that Friday night. They still got all the machines in pieces on the ground, trying to get everything ready for Saturday. So <laughs> that was um, that was good fun. Yeah, yeah, that was it. Was a really good. Um, it was a really good first sort of experience getting to know everybody and and whatnot. Hundred yeah. percent. Did you get to um by any chance? Did you get to one up, or have you been to one up um since? Yeah, on that trip we did. Yeah, I think on the Saturday, I think uh I think it was in the, yeah we had a few games and on DK and then took a couple of hours break and um, went over with Tagster and um uh yeah I think who else was there? Can't remember now. But yeah, we we ducked, ducked over to um one up and check that out, which was which was really cool. Yeah, I um because I was also keen to check that out, given that was also not open for I don't think that long before that before that first con off. So yeah, yeah. it's a bit of a jam packed weekend. And then came back, had a few more drinks, and then tried to bloody get a qualifying score for that <laughs> for that top sixteen. So yeah, yeah, <laughs> which I think I didn't get till quite late in the day from memory. Yeah, right. So, um, yeah. So, did you find it was a bit of a struggle, or to, to get into the to the top sixteen, or, or did you find it quite comfortable? Um, and what was your expectations uh, coming up? Did you did you feel uh, prepared to to tackle Kong? I like it's always hard to tell. Like, and, and there was I know there was a lot of good players because um, I obviously knew a few that were going to be there, and I thought I'd be a chance if I could get close to my PV at the time. Mm-hmm. Um, I thought if I could at least get 200 plus, I think the qualifying was around that high hundreds or low 200 yep. mark, that Kong of two memory. Um, and I thought, yeah, if I can at least get 200, I'll be a chance to qualify. And that's all I wanted to do. I just wanted to qualify to be sort of involved on the next day. But, yeah. So yeah. that was, that was good. I had a, had a good game. I think I got around the 280 mark. I can't even remember now what it was. Um, yeah. I don't, the top 16 qualifiers for that year, but. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. So um leading into the, the next day, who who did you come up against in, in the in your first game? Oh, who do you think? <laughs> Matt Tecchio. Matt Tecchio, <laughs> right. Who okay. who who um it was funny, uh we always had a laugh about it because um 
Yeah, he he I I sort of I think I had met Matt at PAX the year well before Kongo. So I kind of knew knew Matt and then obviously we got chatting at Kongoff and everything. And uh, he was still new to the game and learning it, but was already becoming a pretty decent player. Mm. And um, yeah, and I, I just had a I just had a really shit game in that first qualifier. I think I lost lives early and then just was hanging on for a little while. And then yeah, he was I think he did too. Like he lost a life really early and I was like, oh, it might be a chance, but then I was like, nah. <laughs> yeah, right. It, it all sort of crashed and burned pretty quickly. So yeah, and I think any he ended up finishing third overall that year, I think. Yeah, he was a it was like a surprise package for everyone because mm-hmm. we hadn't yeah. we hadn't heard of him and all of a sudden he just rocks up and, and starts killing it. So he um he got to the semi-final at the end against uh Goffinet, um who who ended right. up winning the competition. So yeah, yeah, um definitely put himself um yeah, um in front of everyone, you know, kind of like I don't know, in the picture for 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 future Kongoffs for sure. So yeah. um yeah, leaning into I just wanted to ask you actually, um going to one up and and Netherworld and um, when you do go to to barcades, like I don't know if you've actually been over to any of the um, the like nineteen eighty nine or anything, but do you often see cabs that you've imported yourself, like just hanging around, like oh, oh that that one used to be mine, or or I helped get that one, or <laughs> uh, well, yeah, not not too many of the Brisbane guys, um, yeah. but I haven't sold that, those guys any cabs, but. Um, <laughs> But yeah, obviously Bartronica, there's a few there. Yeah, <laughs> there's a yeah, few that I've mixed up and, and sold to those guys. Um, and obviously the ones that I had in MSL. Um, but yeah, not yet. Maybe if I ever get over to Perth one day, I might see a few over there. I think yeah, they're, about, sure. they're about to open up their third venue over there, I think. Their so, third? Uh, right. I cool. believe so, yes. Yeah. There's also um there's Empire Arcades, I believe, in up north from us Dennis do you know anything about them I think they're in Townsville or something like um, that yeah they're in Townsville and Cairns at the in moment Cairns, yeah I think they were, they were going to open in Toowoomba but uh, plans changed there uh, the spaces yeah yeah right okay so yeah a couple of franchises happening it seems to be quite a boom like in the last yeah like I know Netherworld and one up have been around for a while in Bartronica. Um, but yeah, there just there definitely seems to be like a, a boom in, in the arcade scene and, and also like in venues as well. Um, yeah, so, I think if it's I think like the guys at Netherworld have proven if you in you know in you know Bartronica and all that, they've proven if you can sort of nail nail doing the bar bit right as well as having you know, a really good vibe and 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 the game side of it, it um, it works pretty well, I think. Most part, yeah, hundred percent. Um, leading into um, Australian Kong of Three. So, like, did you get the bug a little bit after after first your first Kong of experience? Like, did you go home and and really want to practice, or or um, yeah, w- what was your intentions after Kong of Two? Yeah, um, I did. I think um, I was keen to improve, but I didn't really hit it massively hard. I got to say, like, I. My time, my time of so I've been, I've been playing, I've been playing Donkey Kong for a long time now. Like I reckon, I first started playing it. Oh, 
I don't know, it might have been 2006 or no, it might have been earlier than that. It might have been 2004. Like I used to compete in the main gaming league on AA like right. way back. And wow. I think when DK was in the early main comps that they had ran on there, um, I think when I played DK, I got, I was getting into it then. And um, so this is sort of like, and then obviously when the documentary came out, that sort of spurred it on more. So I played it a lot in 2007, 2008, 2009, just on main and on main cabs and stuff like that. Then I eventually got my own cab in 2012 and played it a bit, but I never hit it massively hard to like, to try and kill screen it, even though I always thought it'd be awesome to at least try and kill screen it. Yeah. Um, yeah. And then, yeah, I, I, I did, it did, it's always sort of ebbed and flowed a bit with me with Donkey Kong. So, yeah, but I, in the lead up to Kong 3, I, I um, started playing it a fair bit again to try and build those skills back up to try and all I want to do is qualify again. Yeah, for sure. For sure. So, um, yeah, speaking of, um, how did you, how'd you go in um, AK3 at the Echo? Yeah, yeah, it was good. Um, and oh, the, the one, the one thing I sort of loved about the Echo, like it was that even, even though it was obviously removed from being at, you know, a place like near the world where it had its vibe and everything, it was good to have that, space and the fact that they still managed to get so many machines there was really impressive and it still created that really cool arcade pinball vibe to that venue where they held it so that was that was awesome and um yeah it was it was fun sort of still being amongst all those same guys and i think it felt it felt busier as well in terms of there was more people competing in kong of three yeah definitely Um, like the wait times to get on and have a game were like heaps longer and um so yeah then there's a bit more pressure on yourself to have a good game every time you had a crack yeah um so that was that was it that was yeah um that was it and i um again i like i had i was having like 150 180 odd k games and just not getting in the groove yeah um and uh and yeah once again after just having a steady flow of beers throughout the day and not going too hard (laughs) I obviously found that right that right sweet spot at about I don't know it was like five o'clock in the afternoon I think beautiful and, yeah. um, and had a really good game and it was on that it was funny because it was on that orange cab that one that Billy initially oh, Billy, to play on all Billy's the time cab. yeah 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 so this is Tags just took a photo of him watching me play it's pretty funny because <laughs> yeah. that, that whole game I got like three hundred eighty something k in that run yeah and I just felt super relaxed and just going through the motions and clearing boards and. Uh, and yeah, the whole time I've got fucking Billy Mitchell keep walking over and going back and walking over. I was like, yeah. come on. <laughs> He's just trying to put me off so he could get on and have a game himself, I think. So. <laughs> yeah. yeah, for sure. Taxa, Taxa um, definitely told us about it uh, the other night and said that um, that Billy was having some pretty rubbish games on that cab until until you came up and uh, showed him how to play. Yeah, <laughs> yeah that, that's, that sounds like the story to tell. <laughs> that's, yeah. that's the story as we told it. Yeah. Well, that's great. So um, 380 would have got you in pretty comfortably, I assume, I think, because um, I was trying to qualify. I, I just missed out and I was about 240. So right, okay. 380 would have been well up there. Um, so yeah, I think I think it was like, uh, 10 around i don't know it was around the middle mark maybe mm-hmm. i can't remember now um I i've got a photo somewhere i think in my of the um 
the top 16 that was sticky taped to the side of one of the cabs. Yeah, um, but um, uh, but funnily enough, I came up against bloody Tekio again <laughs> in oh, the right. first round on, on the Sunday. <laughs> oh man, I was like, yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> he'd uh, already, I think he'd already kill screen Donkey Kong by that stage, and he was yeah, eyeing out the one million. Uh, yeah, I had, he hadn't got one million yet, I don't think, but um, yeah. Yeah, he was getting close. <laughs> so I'm like, no chance. <laughs> do, do you remember how you went though, um, by any chance, Greg? Or on that on that game on the Sunday? Yeah. Uh, mm, no, rather, I kind of rather not discuss it. Yeah, probably not. I don't think it wasn't. I don't think it was great. Yeah, uh, I, just, yeah. I think I just sort of. Oh, yeah. I've got it here. Two hundred and three. So that's oh, okay. actually yeah. That's actually not bad in the um not bad, not bad in for the a qualifying. Yeah. Yeah, maybe I think I think I lost maybe a couple of early lies, but then just kept plowing on my last one or two lies and got a respectable score. But yep, yeah, yeah. I, think, I don't even know if Tekio had lost a life when I bombed out. He was going really well. Yeah, yeah. you'd you'd actually be surprised by like um how many games end around that 180k mark in the finals just because i assumed just because of the nerves of it all and whatnot so oh, yeah. so it's pretty nerve-wracking when you're sitting there and then everyone hits start at the same time as that chorus of that rumble of, yeah. music. <laughs> <laughs> you're like oh shit <laughs> yeah, yeah for sure so um obviously you're you're planning to come to to kong off four um how how are you feeling this time around have you been playing much or have you been working on a pb yeah i so i i think uh i'm trying to remember when it was i was doing some i started to muck around with twitch and doing some streaming well it could have been last year now it was probably a year ago so it was i think it was a, a fair bit after kong off three um but maybe sort of just before it started COVID, I was getting back in and playing some games. I think the machine, my machine had been down for a little while and I got it going again and was playing some games and ended up one night just randomly um, got 420 or just under 420. So that was, that's my PB at the moment. Um, and which was really cool. I was like, oh shit, yeah, I've had a few good games and I now I start to get over 300K a little bit more consistently. Yep. Um, Awesome. And then I hadn't played again for ages and I've only just picked it up again probably in the last month. And I had a, I think last night I had a game and got 305k. And so that's, it's starting to get back into the swing of it. But I, I know I've got some areas that if I just fix those, I could probably get heaps better scores. And I just, I'm not wanting to retrain myself on how to play it. <laughs> I <don't> think. <laughs> Yeah, cool. So yeah. your plan, I assume, is just to make the, the second day again. Um, obviously, it's going to be uh, very much more contended, I think, uh, with the oh, amount, yeah. of, um, um, amount of Australian players that are growing at the moment. Um, so, yeah, how do you feel going in? You're pretty confident you can make that 16? Oh, no way. Not as nowhere near as confident um, as <laughs> I was probably for the last Kong off. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and even if it was probably held last year, I probably would have felt okay. Mm -hmm. But uh, but now, just in the last sort of six to twelve months, there's heaps more people that have been kill screening it and yeah, posting like just really good scores and progressing quickly, getting from that, you know, those sort of sub 150 scores up to the 400, 500 range. And I'm like, oh okay, yeah, 
yeah, I think like Tags is now nearly, he's like just sub 600K for his PB. And yeah, um, yeah. so there's, uh, there's definitely a lot of competition now, assuming hopefully everyone can get up there, which would be awesome, including myself. <laughs> no guarantees yet. Yeah, yeah Ho- sure. Hopefully the, hopefully the next few weeks are kind to us, mate, but we'll, uh, yep. we got yep. to just, sure. all we can do is take it a day at a time at the moment. That's it. Hope for the best. Indeed. 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 So where do you see your game going? Like, um, is a kill screen something that you can see yourself striving for? Yeah, I think I think so. Like, I think I've probably got it in me to, to, to do one. Um, and it's just a matter of, I think, as I said, probably there's a couple of areas in my game that I could probably tidy up and do a bit more consistently. And then... Um, and then, and yeah, I, I kind of know the areas where I reckon I could fix some stuff. Um, and it's probably just putting the time into maybe retraining myself in those areas. And I reckon I could probably get a kill screen there. Yeah, that's yeah. awesome. Yeah. Um, and what about other games? Like, do you, do you have much time for any other arcade games at the moment or anything you've been uh, focusing on in particular? Um, nothing super in particular. I, was hitting on um i've got an original pcb and i play it on one of my load boys from time to time although it's got a little bit of a, a fault at the moment um but i love i love rygar i play that a fair bit right. um yeah. uh, i've got my i think my pb is like 2.6 million or something oh, wow. um, yeah. that's good yeah i think i think i don't know if i did that on the i've done I think 2.3 on my PCB, maybe 2.6 on the Switch, on the uh, on the emulated version that's on the Switch, which is just the exact same ROM. But um, yep. yeah, so I, I was playing I was playing that a bit um, in 2019, a bit and a fair bit last year. But one of those ones too. After a while, you just need to have a break from it when you play it shitloads. <laughs> yeah, for sure. You should um hit up. I don't know if you know, but Jeff Sutter, um, he's a Brisbaneite. He he actually has the the world record for Rygar at the moment. So, yeah, yeah. He, he'll definitely be in town uh, for uh, the Australian Kong off. So yeah, I don't know if you've yeah. reached out to him or not, but no, I haven't. I haven't reached out to him. I've seen I think some of his posts on um yeah on Kong off pals yeah. Yeah, on the Aussie Kongoff group, and and I, I, yeah, I think I've saw some stuff where he was, uh, he loves his Rygar, so Mate, uh, definitely we'll have watching, a chat with him about it. Watching <laughs> his meteoric rise in um, in Donkey Kong scoring at the moment, like, yeah, it's been amazing. Gone from one forty k, which was his original post, up until um, I think he's five sixty or something now. So, oh really? He's, Shit, yeah, he's gone pretty wow. Mate, he's he's neck and neck with Taxter at the moment, so yeah, I think. Uh, I think you and me, Pelly, are going to be an endangered species when it comes to Kong off because everybody's I think so. so. <laughs> yeah, might be getting on the beers early on the Sunday. That's by the it, yeah. <laughs> we'll just sit back and enjoy it. <laughs> Although, it's funny, though. I, I find with Kong off, though, it, it's, uh, it's a bit of a different environment. And it's when you're just not sitting at home by yourself with no distractions or whatever, playing your games, it's, it's not the same. Mm. And, yeah, it can be hard to get in, maybe a bit harder to get into that zone. Not for everybody. Some people just just guns and will always play well at it. Mm. Um, but then, yeah, yeah, like you, yeah. There's, there's always good examples at Conoff, especially like if it's in the, the qualifying days or in in the finals. Like you'll have, yeah, someone like Shane just his first game sits down, kill screens it like he did at KO3, and then 
And then he just had an absolute horror run in the final, you know. <laughs> and know, no, it's just that's just Donkey Kong sometimes. <laughs> yeah, can you can you elaborate a little bit on that for me, Greg? Just in regards to like um, that that finals or when you're playing head to head, do you is your is your mind completely on the game? Like, is it just nothing but you and the game until you stand up and look around and notice all the people around you? Or, well, yeah, tell us a bit about that experience. That's, I think that's what it should be. And if you, and if you can get into that mindset, then you're probably going to play well. Like, I think that, that game on the Saturday night where I got 380 odd, like mm. there was a period where I just was sort of just zoned in and just relaxed, but I was kind of tuning out what was going on around me a little bit. And you sort of, that to me, yeah, then sort of had a good game. But yeah, when you're thinking about what the other person's doing, when you're going head to head with somebody and there's the noise and the buzz and it can get a bit distracting. So, yeah. yeah. Do, yeah. Does, do, do any of your, like when you played Tekio twice, um, has he ever t- talked to you through, through the game or, or anything <laughs> like that? Or I... I think he, you know, he loves to have a chat when he's playing, and I know yeah. he does in his dreams. Um, but uh, <laughs> <laughs> but I, I, I think he may have said a few things in Con of Three. He wasn't talking in Con of Two. Yeah. Um, yeah. Yeah. That was. That was. Yeah. My memory there. Yeah. <laughs> I, so I, I'm pretty. I, I think he might have said a few things. I can't remember that. Feels too long ago. <laughs> So um, yeah, do you have a um, do you have a prediction of who who will win this year, or um, is there any player that you yeah expect to, to go high into the um, into the competition? Uh, yeah, it's it's interesting. Yeah. Um, oh, I think the way Matt plays now um, is really different than the way he played two years ago. Like he's just something completely next level now. Yeah. Um, yeah. So I would, I would no, he'd have to be the favorite. Yeah, yeah <laughs> he'd have to be sure. the odds-on favorite for me. Um, but look, it's funny though, because as we saw in Con Three, on the actual day, especially on the Sunday, anything can happen sometimes. Um, and if you can just outlast, it's not about getting the best score; it's just about outlasting the other person in that in that Sunday match. And uh, yeah, sometimes you can, you know, an underdog could come up and at least get to those last few games and give someone nerves that makes them play a bit differently and then makes a mistake and then it can go go downhill pretty quickly sometimes. Yeah, for sure, for sure. Well, um, that's all That's all we've got for tonight. Uh, so thanks for joining us, Greg. It's great to hear your stories. And, uh, yeah, I love I love hearing about your, your collections every time I, I chat to you. And, uh, yeah, it's it's always good to have you around. And fingers crossed uh, we, all the border stuff uh fixes itself up before the Kong off and we can all have a beer together. Yeah, can't wait. I'm looking forward to it, guys. And yeah, thanks for having me on tonight. Appreciate it. No drama. Thanks, mate. Enjoy your trip and uh, yeah, see you soon. Cheers. Thanks, Dan. Thanks, Neil. Cheers. Spacey's Cafe and Arcade in Toowoomba kindly sponsors the Play It Up podcast. If you are ever in or near Toowoomba, we think you're crazy if you don't give them a visit. Spacey's has loads of arcade and pinball machines, retro consoles, and even air hockey. They have an excellent selection of food and drinks for the whole family and have some great beers on tap. Spacey's is open Wednesday through Sunday and you can check them out on Facebook and Instagram to keep up to date with the awesome events they have going on there. 
Spacey's is located at 2 Club Lane in Toowoomba. Take a trip back to the 80s with Spacey's. Thank you.